Good morning, gang. It is Friday, which means it's time for us to uh, look at, uh, well, something a little different today. Uh, we're going to be looking at something that actually I've gotten quite a few questions about, uh, believe it or not. We're going to be looking at something very relevant to our times, the vaccination and um, and specifically uh, the mark of the beast. Now, why in the world am I going over this with you today? Usually I go over you know, a nice comfy passage of scripture or something like that with you. Usually, I mean, lately it's been First Corinthians. Um, and so you might be wondering, like, why this now? Well, the fact is the Internet exists and I have gotten lots of questions from different people asking about my thoughts on this. And especially since I spent um, over a year going through the book of Revelation and teaching through it and really studying it um, in a way that I never had before, um, Believe it or not, I do have some thoughts on this matter. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Is the vaccination or getting vaccinated in any way, can it possibly be that you would unwittingly be taking the mark of the beast by participating in such a thing? Well, first of all, it's helpful in these discussions before we go any further to point out that the mark is mentioned a total of five times in the Bible, five. And all of those mentions are in the book of Revelation. That's the first thing that's abundantly clear that you need to know. It's mentioned five times. Three of those times, it's mentioned sort of in passing. It doesn't really describe what it is. It just mentions it. There's two times where it really kind of, where we're given some indication of what the mark actually is and what it's, uh, in how we're intended to understand it. So, uh, it's all those times again are mentioned only in the book of Revelation. So what that means is we need to understand what the book of Revelation actually is. What genre of writing uh, is it? Well, first of all, uh, scholars of all sorts will tell you that the book of Revelation is a uh, is written in apocalyptic style. It's an it's a, an apocalyptic piece of literature, which is meant to be highly highly symbolic. And I think any of you who have read the book of Revelation know that, in fact, the whole book is filled with symbolism. I think uh, some people would estimate about 75% of the imagery in there is taken directly from the Old Testament. It's meant to conjure up certain pictures that those who were familiar with the Old Testament would associate with what's being said. And second of all, maybe even more important than recognizing it's apocalyptic, we have to realize again that at bottom... Revelation is a letter. It is a letter meant to encourage seven different churches in Asia Minor, modern Turkey, in the first century. Now, scholars differ about what time that would have been. It could be late 60s. It could be uh, in the 90s sometime. For our purposes here today, it doesn't really matter. Now, with that said, acknowledging it's a letter, acknowledging the style that it's written in, apocalyptic, very highly symbolic, Here's the primary passage that mentions it and tells us what it is. In the context, it's found in Revelation 13. John is talking about a beast who will come to draw people away from God. And he says this, verse 16 of chapter 13. And it causes, also it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark. That is the name of the beast or the number of its name. 
This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. That's it. That's the passage. Now, what was happening in the first century at the time that this was written? Very important to understand. Remember, John is writing to, to encourage seven specific churches in the first century in modern-day Turkey and Asia Minor. Well, it turns out a major threat to early Christians was emperor worship in the Roman Empire. Specifically, Nero and Domitian demanded to be referred to as deities. Uh, statues, coinage, uh, business guilds all proclaimed such a thing that, in fact, it was sort of an expectation if you wanted to be involved in Roman society that you would at least acknowledge, even if you didn't really believe it, you would acknowledge that Caesar basically played a godlike role in your life. Thus, if one refused to give uh, uh, Domitian or Nero what they demanded um, out of their devotion to Christ, it would have been indeed extraordinarily hard to do any buying or selling in the places these churches were. On top of this, we know that because Nero and Domitian were such tyrannical and murderous rulers, I mean, we, we know this from other historical accounts. We don't need to go to the scriptures. We know that especially Nero was brutal. I mean, was just known for his cruelty. And, and we, ha we know we have records of him persecuting Christians by covering them in tar, hanging them up, and burning them slowly alive just for his own pleasure, really. There wasn't any other purpose to it. Uh, we know that because they were so tyrannical and so murderous that they were actually referred to by the title Beast. We know that, in fact, from a number of Pliny's writings that he tells us that members of the Roman Empire secretly referred to Nero and Domitian as beasts. On top of this, we know that the number 666 when transliterated according to an ancient technique of equating numbers with letters, it's known as gametria, ends up working out, guess what, to the words Nero Kaiser or Nero Caesar. So, what is this all getting at? When John refers to the mark of the beast, taking into account that this is apocalyptic literature meant to be highly symbolic, what we know is this is a symbolic gesture of allegiance to Nero, or if you wanted to go even broader, to the Roman Empire, as opposed to God. Now you say, but wait, Eric, wait, 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 wait. Isn't the mark supposed to be on the forehead or the hand? Doesn't that suggest that this is a literal mark that someone is taking as opposed to a symbolic gesture someone is taking on their body? Well, no. And here's why. We know in Ezekiel chapter 9, God discusses placing a mark on the foreheads of his people that only he can see. It's a way of saying to himself and to the angelic host, these are mine. Okay? On top of that, we know in Revelation 7 that God's saints are, are pictured as having a mark themselves, and indeed on their forehead, to separate them from those who are taking the ungodly mark from the beast. This is not meant to be a literal mark that one is getting here or one is getting here. 
We also know in uh, writings like Exodus that God tells his people to wear his law on their forehead and on their hand as a mark to separate them from the people around them. Now, it didn't literally mean they had to wear the law. The idea was is that the law of God would always be in front of them and always be in their hands. It would be a part of their daily life and that by obeying it, they would mark themselves out as being something different. So the point of the mark of the beast was a direct parallel to what God had done for his people. Remember, when we talk about Antichrist, we're talking about someone that masquerades like he is a Christ, but in fact is doing the opposite. As, so as God's number is seven, the number of completion, the number of man or the number of the beast is 666. That is the number of humanity and imperfection. So... Uh, the point here is, if one bowed in worship to Caesar, as opposed to Christ, willingly, then they were said to have been marked. It could not happen accidentally, folks. And I think a lot of the discussion around the mark of the beast, especially when you go to the internet and you see all the, the rumors and all the discussion, I mean, man, Oshevitz, folks, there is some crazy talk out there, and I wish we Christians were immune from it, but, but we are not when it comes to this. Oh, man, I have seen so much teaching on this that is just absolute looney tunes. Um, the truth is, folks, it can't happen unwittingly. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, there's no chance that you're accidentally going to get the mark and then show up before God in judgment and God's going to go, well, did you believe in Jesus Christ? And you say, yes, indeed. I staked my whole life on Jesus being enough. And then he'll say, hold on, St. Peter, can you uh, check to see if he received that vaccine? Oh, oh, you received that vaccine. Sorry, Jesus' blood is not enough. Jesus' atonement is just not going to satisfy what I need. You unwittingly took the mark by getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Folks, it's, it has, it's not rational. It's not biblical. There's no way the Holy Spirit of God who inhabits you as a Christian would, un, would allow you to unwittingly, uh, unconsciously choose to reject Jesus Christ and not know it. The point of taking the mark of the beast in the first century was you were taking a stand wittingly, knowingly against God. You were saying, I don't care what God's claims are on my life. I would rather follow the comfort and ease that comes with following the way of the emperor and the empire. So to take the mark is a very conscious choice to reject Jesus Christ in favor of someone else for comfort and ease. Now, question is, will there be a mark in the future? Because I basically located all of this stuff in the first century. I, here's the deal. I, it's possible. It's possible. I tend to think that the vast majority of the book of Revelation is fulfilled, actually, mostly in the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Not all of Revelation, but a whole lot of it. Um, but is it possible that there will be a some sort of mark in the future? Um, well, folks, to some extent, anyone choosing to worship someone other than Christ can be said to have taken the mark. I mean, today. But unless you are forced to deny Christ in order to get a vaccine, you can be absolutely certain that a vaccine is not in any way related to the mark mentioned in Scripture. In no way 
Is it related to the mark of the beast mentioned in scripture? I want to be abundantly clear about that. It is in no way related. Now, all that said, uh, it's possible to have objections to the vaccine for other reasons, and that's totally a different discussion. I, I that's not what I'm interested in here. You might have objections to it for any number of reasons. For I mean, just the the rate at which it's been developed, you might go, ah, I'm not so sure it's ready. I, you know, fair enough. You can have objections that way. Just don't use the mark of the beast as an objection. It's not that. That's abundantly clear from the context of revelation so you need not fear that taking a vaccine has anything to do with choosing to reject jesus christ as your lord they are not they are not connected they are different things so um again not my normal devotion usually again on devotion day you know i spend some time giving you some stuff that applies to your life but i've gotten enough questions about this and i've gotten enough people that are afraid um that I figured it needed addressing. It needs to be discussed, and we need to get some clarity on this. I hope that has done this for you. The mark is not related to the vaccine. Uh, in fact, Jesus Christ has promised he is with you today and forever, and he will not let you go. And so you don't have to worry about that. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about whether you accidentally or unwittingly uh, would subtly, you know, reject Jesus because of something you did for your health. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. So uh, I hope that's clarifying for you. I hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. And uh, join us on Sunday again for our long.